Hello everyone. This is a story called Lana Lulavelle that I wrote early in the week. Hopefully you enjoy. Once upon a time, there was a brave girl called Lana Lulavelle. She was on the way to see her best friend Kelsey Kittner when she decided to take a shortcut through Litchum Park. It wasn't long before Lana Lou got lost. She looked around, but all she could see were trees. Nervously, she felt into her bag for her favourite toy, Molly. But Molly was nowhere to be found. Lana Lou began to panic. She felt sure she had packed Molly. To make matters worse, she was starting to feel hungry. Unexpectedly, she saw a helpful cat, dressed in a pink daisy dress, disappearing into the trees. How odd, thought Lana Lou. For the want of anything better to do, she decided to follow the peculiar dressed cat. Perhaps it could tell her the way out of the forest. Eventually, Lala, Lana Lou reached a clearing. In the clearing were two houses, one made from carrots and one made from chocolate. Lana Lou could feel her tummy rumbling. Looking at the houses did nothing to ease her hunger. Hello, she called. Is anybody there? Nobody replied. Lana Lou looked at the roof on the closest house and wondered if it would be rude to eat somebody else's chimney. Obviously, it would be impolite to eat a whole house but perhaps it would be considered acceptable to nibble the odd fixture or lick the odd fitting in a time of need. A cackle broke through the air, giving Lana Lou a fright. A witch jumped into the space in front of their houses. She was carrying a cage. In that cage was Molly. Molly! shouted Lana Lou. She turned to the witch. That's my toy! The witch shrugged. Give Molly back! cried Lana Lou. Not on your Nelly, said the witch. At least let Molly out of that cage. Before she could reply, the helpful cat in the pink daisy dress rushed in from a footpath on the other side of the clear clearing. Hello, big hello, big cat, said the witch. Good morning. The cat noticed Molly. Who is this? That's that's Molly, explained the witch. Ooh, Molly would look lovely in my house. Give it to me, demanded the cat. The witch shook her head. Molly is staying with me. Um, excuse me, Lana Lou interrupted. Molly lives with me and not in a cage. The big cat ignored her. Is there nothing in your trade? He asked the witch. The witch thought for a moment, then said... I would like to be entertained. I'll release him to anybody who can eat a whole front door. Big Cat looked at the house made from chocolate and said, No problem. I could eat an entire house made from chocolate if I wanted to. There's no need to show off, said the witch. Just eat one front door and I'll let you have Molly. Lana Lou watched, feeling worried. She didn't want the witch to give Molly to Big Cat. She didn't think Molly would be would like living with a helpful cat away from her house and all of her other toys. Big Cat put on his bib and withdrew a knife and fork from his pocket. 
I'll eat the whole house, said Big Cat. Just you watch. Big Cat pulled off a corner of the front door of the house made from chocolate. He gulped it down, smiling, and went back for more and more and more. Eventually, Big Cat started to get bigger, just a little bit bigger at first, but after a few more forkfuls of chocolate, he grew to the size of a large snowball, and he was every bit as round. Um, I don't feel good, said Big Cat. Suddenly, he started to roll. He'd grown so round that he could no longer balance. Help! he cried as he rolled off down a slope in the forest. Big Cat never finished eating the front door made from chocolate and Molly remained trapped in the cage. That's it, said the witch. I win, I get to keep Molly. Not so fast, said Lanalu. There is still one front door to go. The front door of the house made from carrots and I haven't had a turn yet. I I don't give you a turn, laughed the witch. My game, my rules, ha ha. The woodcutter's voice carried through the forest. I think you should give her a chance. It's only fair. Fine, said the witch. But you saw what happened to the cat. She won't last long. I'll be right back, said Lanalu. What? said the witch. Where's your sense of impatience? I thought you wanted Molly back. Lanalu ignored the witch and gathered a hefty pile of sticks. She came back to the clearing and started a small campfire. Carefully, she broke off a piece of the door of the house made from carrots and toasted it over the fire. Once it had cooked and cooled just a little, she took a bite. She quickly devoured the whole piece. Lana Lou sat down on, ne on a nearby log. You fail, cackled the witch. You were supposed to eat the whole door. I haven't finished, explained Lana Lou. I am just waiting for my food to go down. When Lana Lou's food had had digested, she broke off another piece of the door made from carrots. One more, she toasted her food over the fire and waited for it to cool just a little. She ate it at a leisurely pace, then waited for it to digest. Eventually, after several settings, Lana Lu was down to the final piece of the door made from carrots. Carefully, she toasted it and allowed it to cool just a little. She finished her final course. Lana Lu had eaten the whole front door of the house made from carrots. The witch stamped her foot angrily. You must have tricked me, she said. I don't reward cheating. I don't think so, said a voice. It was a woodcutter. He walked back into the clearing carrying his axe. This little girl won fair and square. Now hand Molly over, or I'll chop your broomsticks in half. The witch looked horrified. She grabbed her broomstick and placed it behind her. Then huffing, she opened the door of the cage. Lana Lou hurried over and grabbed Molly, checking that her favourite toy was alright. Fortunately, Molly was unharmed.
Lanalu thanked the woodcutter, grabbed a quick souvenir and hurried on to meet Kelsey. It was starting to get dark. When Lanalu got to Kelsey's house, her best friend threw her arms around her. I was so worried, cried Kelsey. You are very late. As Lana Lou described her day, she could tell that Kelsey didn't believe her. So she grabbed a napkin from her pocket. What's that? asked Kelsey. Lana Lou unwrapped a doorknob made from chocolate. Pudding, she said. Kelsey almost fell off her chair. The end. So I hope you all enjoyed my story called Lana Lou Lavelle, I will be recording more stories for you all. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is going to be facts about the boy king, King Tutankhamun. So let's just get right. Oh, okay. Let's get right onto it. King Tutankhamun, the living image of Armin, formerly Tutankhaten, the living image, living image of Armin, Arten. A.K.A. the boy king took over the throne after his father's death, Akhenaten, at the age of nine. His father was related to King Tut's mom, the younger lady. However, no one really knows who King Tut's real mom actually was. King Tut's mom and dad were brother and sister. He was married at eight to his half-sister, An Anke Hensman. During their marriage, they had two daughters, 317A and 317B. They were stillborn and have remained nameless ever since. He moved his father's remains to the Valley of the Kings, as, as well as moving the capital from Akhenaten to Thebes. Tutankhamun was physically disabled. He had large front incisors, narrow waist, breast, rounded hips, um, gyne, Comastia. I don't know if I said that correctly. Marfan syndrome, X-linked intellectual disability syndrome, von Lick syndrome, Kleinfelter syndrome, androgen insensitivity syndrome, aromatase excess syndrome, and Antley Bixler syndrome, temporal lobe epilepsy, scoliosis, hypophlangism. Club left foot, malaria, flathead, curved spine, and bone cirrhosis. What caused King Tut's death at the age of 19 is unknown. It could have been that he was hit on the head. Malaria, he was mur murdered. A hippo bit him, which sounds very unlikely. A chariot accident or a broken leg. Now, this is talking about King Tut's curse. Howard Carter was an English archaeologist and Egyptologist who discovered King Tut's tomb in November 1922. He died of lymphoma at the age of 64. His, his tombstone even says, May your spirit live, may, your may you spend millions of years who love Thebes sitting with your faith to, to the north wind, to your eyes beholding happiness. Perhaps, he's perhaps the pharaoh saw fit to spare him from the curse. The other victims of King Tut's curse were James Henry Breasted, Sir Archibald Douglas Reed, Richard Bethel, Aaron Ember, Hugh Evelyn White, Aubrey Herbert, 
George J. Gold, Sir Bruce Income, and George Herbert, 5th Earl of Carnarvon. James Henry Bretton returned home to find that his pet canary was eaten by a cobra and the cobra was still occupying the cage. Since the cobra is a symbol of Egyptian monarchy and a motif that kings wore on their headdresses to represent protection. However, Breasted didn't die until 2nd of December 1935, although his death did occur immediately after a trip to Egypt. Sir Archibald Douglas Reed was a radiologist. That's right, you didn't have to be an Egyptologist or a archaeologist to fall victim to the curse. Anyway, merely x-rayed tarts before the mummy was given to museum authorities. He got sick the next day and was dead three days later. Richard Bethel died in 1929 under suspicious circumstances. He was found smothered in his room at an elite London gentleman's club. Aaron Ember died in 1926 when his house in Baltimore burnt down less than an hour after he and his wife hosted a dinner party. Hugh Evelyn White hung himself in 1924. Aubrey Herbert died of sepsis just after, just five months after the death of his supposedly cursed brother. He that there was like a rumor that Aubrey Herbert might have been related to King Tutankhamun. George J. Gold was a wealthy American financer and railroad executive who visited the tomb. Of Tutankhamun in 1923 and fell sick almost immediately afterward. He never really recovered and died of pneumonia a few months later. Sir Bruce Ingham went with Howard Carter to discover the tomb. Howard Carter gave a paperweight to his friend Ingham as a gift. The paperweight appropriately, or perhaps quite inappropriately, consisted of a mummified hand wearing a bracelet that was supposedly ins inscribed with the phrase, Cursed be he who moved my body. Ingham's house burnt to the ground not long after receiving the gift, and when he tried to build it, it was hit with a flood. The last victim, Lord Carnarvon, accidentally tore open a mosquito bite while shaving and ended up dying of blood poisoning shortly thereafter. This occurred a few months after the tomb was opened and a mere six weeks after the press started reporting on the mummy's curse, which was thought to afflict anyone associated with disturbing the mummy. Legend has it that when Lord Carnarvon died, all of the lights in his house mysteriously went out. King Tut's tomb has been untouched for 3,200 years. There were 5,398 items found in the tomb, including a solid gold coffin, face mask, thrones, archery, bows, trumpet, a lotus chalice, two immune fetishes, gold toe to to stools, Furniture, food, wine, sandals, and fresh lining underwear. Despite King Tut's painful life, he had a lot of hobbies, which included ostrich hunting, swimming, darts. So I all hope you enjoyed part one of listening to facts about 
the boy king, King Tutankhamun, come back next time for part two. Bye, guys.